Unprepared to engage Mormon missionaries when they knock on your door? Perhaps the book Mormonism 101 will help. Mormonism 101, published by Baker Book. Available at your favorite Christian bookstore. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. The Come, Follow Me curriculum instituted by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's meant to be studied not only in a church setting, but also privately in a member's home. In the year 2022, they are going through what they claim to be the Old Testament. And what's interesting about that is when we look at the the first week, for instance, of this lesson that Latter-day Saints are going to go through. It's dealing with the book of Moses and the book of Abraham. And we were commenting how if you have a new convert to the church, and maybe they don't have a lot of understanding about the scriptures that are a part of the church that they have joined, you might assume that the book of Moses is really a part of the Old Testament, or the book of Abraham is part of the Old Testament, since this is what they are supposed to be studying this year is the Old Testament. And of course, it's really not true. In preceding shows in this series, we were explaining why this curriculum was created by the church in the first place. And as I mentioned in yesterday's show, and in the first show as well, it was introduced to the young people in the church way back in 2013, and it was meant to meet the challenges that a lot of LDS young people were being faced with regarding their faith. Our critique of this is that I don't think this really gives a good apologetic for Mormonism, mainly because you have to already assume a lot of the doctrines of Mormonism as you jump into this study. As I mentioned yesterday, the lesson for December 27th through January 2nd opens up with this statement. As you read what God said to Moses and to Abraham, ponder what he might also be saying to you. See, that proves my point. You have to already assume that God said a lot of things to Moses and to Abraham. Why? Because that's what Joseph Smith said. You uncritically accept what Joseph Smith says because you've already been conditioned to believe as a member that he is, in fact, a bona fide true prophet of God. Well, in the first paragraph that we read yesterday— It says, why did God create all of this? Through the prophet Joseph Smith, the Lord has shed light on these questions. And then in the next paragraph, it's going to go on to discuss something from the book of Abraham. But before we do that, Eric, I want to finish our thought from yesterday's show when you were discussing Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, because that's the first biblical reference that this lesson gives. And you mentioned how the Mormons are led to believe that their God, the one they call Elohim, created merely by organizing already existing matter. 
Well, if Joseph Smith taught that we have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity, and he refutes that idea and takes away the veil so that members might see, then you have a question come up. Did this matter exist before God, at least the God of Mormonism, became God? If Joseph Smith is telling us the truth, then the matter that he organizes was there before he became a god. Now, I know a Mormon might come up and say, well, yeah, but there were gods that preceded him. Okay, well, which god created that matter then? I know they don't have a list of who these gods are, and they certainly don't know who the god was in the beginning that started this whole thing, because in Mormonism, they don't have a primary cause. Unlike in Christianity, the primary cause of all things is the God mentioned in Genesis chapter 1, but not in Mormonism. And I think you're exactly right. And again, when it says, why did God create all of this? What was there before the beginning? Through the prophet Joseph Smith, the Lord has shed light on these questions. As we said yesterday and as we're saying today, this is not found in the book of Genesis. You can quote one verse out of there, out of the book of Genesis, to, to try to support yourself, but you're going to have to go to your own unique scripture, especially the book of Abraham. The book of Abraham certainly is very close to what Mormonism teaches as far as the preexistence and where everything came from. We, we have Abraham 3, as they talk about. And listen to this next paragraph. It says, for example, he, God, gave us the record of a vision which Abraham saw our existence as spirits, quote, before the world was, and then it's in brackets, see Abraham 3, 22 through 28. So you have to go to Abraham to support the idea of preexistence, that we all lived as spirits. Many Latter-day Saints think that is found in the Bible. They only get it from the Bible by taking verses out of context, like Jeremiah 1, 5. The curriculum goes on and says, the Lord also gave us an inspired translation or revision of the first six chapters of Genesis called the Book of Moses, which doesn't begin with in the beginning. Instead, it begins with an experience Moses had that provides some context for the well-known creation story. Together, these Latter-day Saint scriptures are a good place to start our study of the Old Testament because they address some fundamental questions that can frame our reading. Who is God? Who are we? What is God's work? And what is our place in it? The opening chapters of Genesis could be seen as the Lord's response to Moses' request, quote, Be merciful unto thy servant, O God, and tell me concerning this earth and the inhabitants thereof, and also the heavens, end quote, Moses 136. But let me ask you this question. Does it seem, based on what we just read, that the LDS Church has to rely on the authenticity of these two books over the account of the Old Testament. We haven't even gotten into the third paragraph yet, and already it seems the Bible's getting dissed. Yeah, they've already made a course correction. We've talking about the Old Testament, but we're going to go into these other books that we believe are actually Scripture. And I, as you're reading that, I couldn't help but think, how do LDS scholars handle this? Scholars at least in my opinion, a scholar is someone who wants to really dig deep and to find out what the beginnings are. Where did this come from? Why is this supposed to be taken as real evidence? Why should I believe this as evidence? But yet, look at what members are told. It says, together, these Latter-day scriptures are a good place to start our study of the Old Testament. 
Really? Would a scholar agree with that? Would Why do LDS scholars agree with that statement? Or even do they? Maybe some scholars reading that would probably wince and say, I don't know if that's really a good place to start. If we're going to start, shouldn't we start by finding out where did the book of Moses really come from? Where did the book of Abraham really come from? Now, it's not that this study doesn't help a member know that because they do give you hyperlinks that you can click on that will take you to sources that might explain a little more deeply what the church position is on these topics. But when you go down towards the bottom of this study, there is a subheading. How did we get the books of Moses and Abraham? This is what it says. The book of Moses is the first part of Joseph Smith's inspired translation of the Bible. The book of Abraham was revealed to Joseph Smith during his work with Egyptian papyri. These books, found today in the Pearl of Great Price, provide much information about Moses, Abraham, and other prophets that is not found in the Old Testament. And then it says to learn more about how we got these books, it has links. The first link, Joseph Smith Translation of the Bible. Well, if you click on that, what happens, Bill? Well, you get a window that pops out of the side, and this is what it explains. This is taken from a church history topic essay. This is not a part of the gospel topics essays, but they do have these church history topics that very briefly explain some of these issues that are unique to Mormonism. Here we have the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible. It says, while translating the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery found they held different views of the meaning of a passage in the Bible. They, quote, mutually agreed to settle, end quote, the question by the Urim and Thummim. Now, this is the device that Joseph Smith allegedly was given to help him translate the Book of Mormon. Who's in control of the Urim and Thummim? Who can manipulate this Urim and Thummim according to Mormon history? Well, only Joseph Smith. So you might say Oliver Cowdery is already at a disadvantage. So whatever understanding of that certain passage may have had, Oliver Cowdery's not going to have the final say because they're going to go to the Urim and Thummim, and of course Joseph Smith has control of that. It goes on to say, as a result, Joseph received a revelation giving the translation of an account by the ancient disciple John written on parchment but lost to history. Well, it's even lost to the LDS Church folks because the LDS Church doesn't have this parchment that Joseph Smith speaks of, but it's mentioned in Doctrine and Covenants section 7. Where is this parchment? We don't have it. But yet, because Joseph Smith gives this elaborate explanation, Latter-day Saints are led to believe, well, this must have been a divine revelation where he talks about this. But there's no evidence of this whatsoever. And this is what's troubling to me, as it is to you, Eric, and a lot of us that study this, this subject of Mormonism. Joseph Smith can make it up on the fly. Latter-day Saints just swallow everything he says and sadly, many of them don't even feel the need to take the time to verify what this man is telling them. We talked about yesterday circular reasoning, and you have to accept Joseph Smith in order to be able to understand that the book of Moses and Abraham are true books. 
that's not good enough for me. The Latter-day Saint oftentimes is going to say, well, what about the Bible? Well, here's the thing about the Bible. We have a pedigree. We can go back and we can take a look at where the Bible came from. For instance, as far as the Old Testament is concerned, we have 2,000-year-old copies found in the Dead Sea Scrolls that were first discovered in 1947. We have lots of evidence as far as the Old Testament, where it came from. But let me ask you, Bill, what about the book of Moses? What about the book of Abraham? What do we have for the pedigree of those two books? We have only the statement made by Joseph Smith. And basically what Joseph Smith did, according to one Mormon apostle, Bruce McConkie explained it, how Joseph Smith comes up with the Joseph Smith translation, much of which in the beginning is part of the book of Moses. The first several chapters of the inspired version are taken from this book of Moses. And Joseph Smith just inserts a bunch of information. Joseph Smith said that God told him that this is how it was supposed to read. Latter-day Saints just go along with that. They're not being very critical at all when it comes to the source references that they're supposed to believe. Let's look at the manuscript evidence. We have nothing for the book of Moses. It came, I think, out of his imagination. As far as the book of Abraham, what do you have? You have papyri that doesn't say anything close to what Joseph Smith said it said. And I think we need to, t to pursue that a little bit more in this study. And tomorrow we want to look at a little bit more what the Joseph Smith translation was all about, as well as the translation and the historicity of the book of Abraham. Because there's a hyperlink to that as well, and that hyperlink will also take you to another link, which is going to go to the Gospel Topics essay dealing with the book of Abraham. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.